Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We are back here with the food show with Tom Fitzmorris, and you are hearing Molly Kimball, not Tom. And I am a registered dietitian. We have spent the last hour talking with T. Martin of Commander's Palace, um, all things Eat Fit, our new Eat Fit cookbook, the airport, T's role, um, she's integral in um, inspiring, educating on so many levels throughout not only New Orleans, but throughout the country. So um, we covered a lot with T, and now we've got, I'm very excited, one of our favorite chefs, Chef Baker Guevara of Yield College Gen. So he's joining us for the second half of my stand-in time here for um, Tom Fitzmorris's food show. And Baker and I have worked on a whole lot of different projects together. Um, we'll talk some about the airport. We'll talk some about his role with a cookbook. Um, Yield College Gen was one of our very first Eat Fit Partners, as I mentioned um, earlier with tea, we have more than 300 restaurants across the state that have Eat Fit on the menu. I don't remember exactly where Yield College Inn fell, but it was definitely in the top first 10 to 15 or so. So, um, Baker, thanks for being here. Thanks, Molly. It's, uh, it's great to be here. So, you, um, you, before we came on just now, there was a couple of things that I didn't know about you. So, you are executive chef with Yield College Inn, and you've been there for about eight years now? Yes, that's right. Uh -huh. And before that, you actually worked um, with T and Chef Tori over at Commander's Palace for about a year before Yield College Inn. Before that, though, you had a really cool job. Well, not all of your jobs are cool, right. but <laughs> an interesting tell us. I actually worked at Disney World for about three years before that. Um, I did my internship there after uh, culinary school, and uh, it was a great time. I mean, I learned so much there about, you know, equipment and processes and, you know, how to run a large company, I guess, you know. And so Disney for three years and looked to, you had done um, culinary school in Austin. Right. And we're looking to come back to New Orleans. And so you started with Commander's Palace as your first step back into the city. Right, yeah. So I got here and uh, we'd had a hurricane hit, I think, like the week I got back. So I didn't work for about two weeks. And luckily I was able to get a job at Commander's. And, I mean, I learned so much there. It was It was probably one of the hardest jobs I've ever had. But uh, I owe a lot to, you know, what I've learned from them. and It's yeah. a, a high expectations, but also a high, high return, high reward. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, everything's done the right way. And, I mean, every day you work, it's the hardest day of your life. <laughs> so it, you know, gets you into shape to be a chef. Which is why it has the reputation, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And you went from there to Yale College, and you started as a line cook. That's and right, huh? worked your way up to executive chef now. Yep. And... Okay, yeah. So, uh, you know, started there on the line. Uh, uh, there was Chef Brad McGee at the time. And, uh, you know, I had my, you know, I was in the trenches working my butt off. And eventually I, I moved next door to Rock and Bowl and uh, was the banquet chef there. And, 
you know, came back to college and, you know, had an opportunity to become the executive chef. It was actually on New Year's Eve. And, uh, you know, I started the next day and, you know, hit the ground running and been doing it ever since. And so all the people that you've worked with, too, because Brad McGee is so he's so knowledgeable. He's so, you know, you had a great opportunity to work with these really great chefs as you were, you know, just focused and like head down, pushing forward with it. Yeah. And, and it's been a really cool role. Um, we were talking about the airport well, we were talking about the airport or earlier and the, the full spectrum of restaurants there from um, Yale College Inn to Mofo, Mondo's, Leah's Kitchen, um, Bar Sazerac, Emerald's Table. There's so many there that are offering Eat Fit on the menu. Um, and, of course, like Yale College Inn couldn't be at the airport and not have something on the menu. How is it different working and, you know, you run the restaurant at the Carrollton location, right. kind of the brick-and-mortar restaurant. What's been different about the airport? And for our listeners, probably most people know, but, you know, we have the brand new airport here in New Orleans, but Yale College Inn was also in the old airport as well. Right. So if you've, it, this isn't as new to you as it probably is to most of the other restaurants in there. Right. I mean, that helped us out a lot, you know, getting into the na- uh, new airport. Uh, so the restaurant is franchised out. A company, Delaware North, runs it. And, of course, you know, Johnny Blanchard and I and, and all the other guys uh, – you know, we're we're there able to make sure everything's going correctly. We trained all the staff and, you know, made sure they had the right recipes and that they were up to our, you know, quality standards. And I've spent um, the last two weeks about, you know, every morning going to the airport, training the employees there and making sure the kitchen's set up correctly. And then going back to the restaurant at night. And What yeah. about, like, sourcing ingredients? Is that different when it's for the airport versus a restaurant? Not completely. Uh, luckily, they're able to get local seafood, and they can work with local vendors. Uh, it's a bit of a challenge to get product into the airport, but yeah, they have yeah. to have all types of security clearance right. and stuff, right? But once once that's all squared away, it's not an issue. So, and as Baker mentioned, um, Delaware North. So on on our end, this is kind of the behind the scenes <laughs> of Eat Fit at the airport. Um, so on our end, there's there's two um, food service groups or management companies. Delaware North is one, and HMS Host is the other. And basically, all the restaurants and food service venues through the airport are split into those two. And so um, our Eat Fit nutrition team, which is me and Jayla Lockhart, our Eat Fit NOLA nutritionist, we work closely with those because they're basically our liaison between with the restaurants and so they take you know baker's vision his recipes um the plan for execution everything that needs to be done to represent yield college n as baker and johnny blanchard he mentioned the owner want it to be represented and then they're they're the one who are actually executing from that management company side so it's a little bit different because it's not always going to be baker in there and so i think there's probably a little bit of that where there has to be a whole lot of training because you have to trust that it's being brought brought out to the standards right. that you guys expect and uh delaware north actually sent in a bunch of chefs from all of the, uh all over the country from tampa atlanta which is a huge airport they had uh chefs coming in from california that were there about a week while we were training and so there's a chef or two to each restaurant making sure everything is, you know, all the product is ordered. They have all their, you know, recipe cards in place to make sure that their employees are doing the right thing. 
Um, and so even restaurants like Angela Bricado have an Eat Fit item, and it's actually um, just a croissant, but it's an Eat Fit croissant, but it's made by the local bakery, La Louisiane. And so we worked with Delaware North and said, okay, there's nothing at Bricado's that's normally going to be, you know, Eat Fit. But um, since breakfast is available and things like that, stuff like our Eat Fit bagels or Eat Fit croissants were things that they could have. And to your point, they're not just ordering through these mass food distributors. They're working with our local companies, our local bakeries, our local seafood providers. So they are, you know, it's um, it definitely has that New Orleans quality and New Orleans feel um, because of that. So on our end, it's been it's been really fun to work with, and it's been super rewarding to see, like, wow, like this. Here's the impact of all that's there. Um, the cookbook. So you were also really involved with the cookbook. And T and I talked about this a little bit earlier. It's a cookbook that we compiled about 125 recipes from about 40 different Eat Fit restaurant partners around the state, largely from New Orleans, but also from our regions, from Baton Rouge, Lafayette, North Shore, Shreveport. And you guys have, I believe it's five, five of those is all of y'all. Right. Uh-huh. And let me just say, this is a beautiful cookbook. Y'all did an amazing job. I mean, the photography is excellent, and and a, a lot of these recipes are easy to pull off. You don't have to be a you know master chef to do any of these recipes, which is really nice. You don't have so. to be Chef Baker Guevara yeah. to like to <laughs> execute all of these. Thank you on the on the photos. Um, you worked with so ba- basically. Baker plated up the dishes that are of Yale collagens that are photographed. And Emily Eikhoff, um, I mentioned her earlier as Tia and I were talking, Emily had her master's project that she said, okay, I've, I've been volunteering with Eat Fit for three years through college. I want to do something special, something that has significance and meaning um, as a big project. And so I had the, what if we did an Eat Fit cookbook? And she was like, I love that. So she got permission from her, her master's program for this to qualify as her capstone project because it's research, it's recipe analysis, it was um, other, all the components of kind of putting it together. She worked with me to do the, um, the basically put a proposal together and find an agent and do all these things. But she taught herself how to use a camera. She had never picked up a professional camera before. We didn't have a budget for it. And so we said, we actually, quite frankly, didn't even really think of it. We were just like, well, clearly we're going to have to figure it out, you know. And so um, to hear you say the photos are beautiful, I agree. I think that the color saturation on the page, just even the way the pages feel is really nice. But Emily's um, photography in here, I'm so proud of her for not being afraid to take that step. Right. And educate herself and do it. So, um, okay, tell us some of the recipes you've got. All right, so one of uh, one of my favorites is the fig street fig salad, and uh, it's you know basically a fig salad, and we grow our figs um, next door on the of uh, fig street in Carrollton. Actually, it was where we have all the fig trees, and we grow you know seasonal produce. We have uh, two beehives, we have chickens, we grow all our herbs, and you know all seasonal good stuff. So this one is a real simple recipe with. Uh, we use skim milk ricotta cheese, um, you know, fresh figs, used uh, whole wheat bread, and it's and fresh basil leaves. So it's a pretty simple recipe with a lot of fresh, you know, healthy, light ingredients. And if figs are not in season, that same recipe, because it's got the fresh ricotta, the, the balsamic reduction, you could do that with, you know, peaches, plums, any mm-hmm. number of fruits. Yeah, I think any any kind of fruit like that, strawberries Even, would be yeah, good. Yeah, I was going to say, strawberries would be fantastic. And the other salad you guys in, have in there is the, um, it's a melon 
salad. It's um, with fresh lump crab meat on it. Yeah, the uh, yeah crab and fresh melon salad. Yes, on. and the way that y'all cube that, plated up, is gorgeous. And then the filet is the Cartwright filet. Mm-hmm. And this is one that I was like kicking myself. I had my sister asked, why is it called Cartwright? I'm like, I don't know. And the cookbook is printed and out. And <laughs> I don't know the answer to that question. So I texted you and you said it was, it's yeah. called the Petite Cartwright filet. So Cartwright is one of the regulars uh, of the restaurant. He sits in the same place at the bar every day. Um, he's been coming there probably since the 50s. I mean, I'm not 100% on that, but he's basically our mascot. The kid's coloring sheet is a, a little picture of him. He always wears plaid shirts and drinks his Bud Lights, you know. And he used to love getting fillets. Is he is he still with us? Yeah, he's still he has he hasn't been able to come, you know, as often. He's you know, he's, getting up there, but we're uh uh, one of uh, the owners, Jimmy Hankins, is in contact with him every day there. Yeah, so we need to let him know that he unofficially <laughs> made our Eat Fit cookbook. Yeah, he'll love to hear that. <laughs> right, exactly. And then the other is a pork tenderloin that also has a roasted red pepper quinoa pilaf. So just really creative um, colors, textures, the height that's on some of these plates is just, I think, beautiful. Yeah, I think that's important. I mean, you, know, you eat with your eyes as well, so... Having bright colors and contrasting colors that, you know, make everything pop and, you know, different flavor profiles, having acidity and having, you know, richer elements in the dish really help out a lot. And uh, Baker and I are going to be opening the phone lines in a little bit. So if you do have questions about um, your favorite recipes, uh, how do you make XYZ better for you? We'll also talk about some of our, our favorite ones as we're going. But be thinking if there's something that you kind of are, are stuck on or just want to get Baker's input or my input as much as I can, that, um, that it's Baker's the pro on that, of how to make it more nutritious, um, we're happy to help with that. And Baker, like with you, you're always like if you're first of all, your Instagram is also beautiful. What's, what's your Instagram handle? It's uh, Chef Baker Guevara. G-U-E-V-A-R-A. Chef Baker Guevara, G-U-E-V-A-R-A. So he's always got just like this art that's on a plate. Where do you, how do you, like what do you do to keep learning and to keep being like inspired and kind of just getting new ideas and motivated with it? I mean, you can get inspiration from so many things. Uh, You know, being obsessed helps a lot. And having, you know, our seasonal produce from the farm is important. Um, that helps a lot too. But even watching, you know, shows on YouTube or, you know, there's like traveling shows and they go all over and, you know, they'll document street food or, you know, just things like that can give you, you know, inspiration and, you know, going out to restaurants in New Orleans or, you know, things you grew up eating, you know, help out a lot too. And, you know, just taking some, a regular item and, you know, putting your twist on it and, you know, elevating the dish, I guess. Right. Yeah. What about other chefs? Do you brainstorm a lot with them or talk with them? Like um, Johnny Blanchard and I, you know, we've brainstormed a lot. Uh, a good friend of mine, um, Corey Thomas, who's the executive chef at Dominica now, when he worked, he worked at College Inn with me for a little while. And, you know, we brainstormed a lot on that. And I mean, it can come from anywhere. Do you, you know? cook a lot at home? Yeah, I, I cook, you know, I make breakfast every morning. That's one of my favorite things to make. And for a way for me to wind down and relax on a Sunday or Monday, I'm cooking. So Your wife has got to be love that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we are um, going to take your calls coming up for recipe swaps. And we'll also just be kind of sharing some of our favorite tips. And you're at 105.3 FM HD2 WWL, where we talk food and today a bit of nutrition with you. Call.
And we are back with the food show with Tom Fitzmorris, except today you've got Molly Kimball, a registered dietitian with Ashner Fitness Center and also Eat Fit. And we're sitting here with Chef Baker Guevara of Yule Collagen. And I believe on the line we have Chef Andrea. Hey, Molly, how are you? Hey, Beautiful. Chef, how are you? Fine, this, darling. Such a pleasure. Yes, yeah, I missed a... the, uh, the evening. I couldn't come. Um, the party, the opening. The, the launch party, yes, yeah, for the cookbook. Uh, I, was, I was tired, tired, tired. Uh, you know, when you run a restaurant, you want to do everything hands on, so, you know, things happen. But anyhow, um, I'm sure you was very successful, and uh, I'm proud to be in your um, beautiful book, and um, I recommend very highly here, Andre. We have something that for years and years, um, and actually, matter of fact, as you know, uh, my light cookbook has been very successful, and thanks to auction um, for dietitian that, that helped me to put it together. But you have a wonderful book, and I'm glad I'm up for you. And uh, if anything I can do anytime, please do not hesitate it. But I'm glad to be. I'm, I'd rather talk to you than Tom, to be honest with you. Much beautiful <laughs> than Tom. <laughs> well, thank you. And we were, um, Baker and I were just flipping through the cookbook together and looking at your recipes. Um, the Insalate Caprese. And I'm sure you, oh, <laughs> that is my favorite. And then also, um, tell me how you say it, because I'm sure I, I massacre the name, but the um, Fruity de Mar Portofino is how I say the, it. Fruity di mare portofino. That's and, another of my favorite, favorite dish. I love it. Simple, elegant, very flavorful, but very healthy. And su- super colorful. And the um, yeah. the images of your dishes are beautiful in our cookbook. The recipes are delicious. And, you know, Thank we had you. every recipe in our cookbook was tested by a home cook because yeah. you chefs cooking for the restaurant's size um, doesn't always scale down. So we made sure that everyone was uh-huh. tested by a home cook. And right. my mother-in-law happened to pull the lucky straw to do the um, Fruity de Mar Portofino, and oh. she raved about it. She couldn't couldn't say enough. And it was great because when she actually, we had all of our recipe testers take pictures so we could see what's it really look like and what's their feedback. And when she took the photos, I think you would have been proud. You know, it was just sure. it's, so I'm it's sure. neat to see these come to life in people's home. Another I thing, my, I can't wait to put my hands on your book. Yes, I, I um, one should be coming to you guys. And I was also going to say, I don't know if you know, but um, I'm actually going to be speaking at Andrea's uh, this Thursday. It's for. Uh, it's I a, didn't know. Oh, wonderful! Yeah, Great. it's not open to what the public. Wonderful. It's a group called Saint Elizabeth's Guild, um, uh-huh. and they invited me to come speak. It's at Andrea's, but the coolest thing. Yeah, is, I see the function, uh, yeah. the uh, function sheet. Yes. And they wonderful. worked with you Are you going to be here? Great. Yeah, and, and bring, you guys, uh, bring it if you don't mind. Bring one. With you and I buy from you. I will. Like to, I will. Uh, well, it'll I, be on you know, us. Like cookbooks, you know that. Huh? But one of the things <laughs> that I thought was the neatest thing is you guys are working with St. Elizabeth's Guild to do an yep. entire Eat Fit luncheon, start to finish. Right. So I, right. I appreciate that. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, glad to be talking to you. And uh, I'd like to mention to your listener um, on the radio that, uh, of course, this is Chef Andre, and thank you so much for many, many years. I've been here from day one with Tom and. Uh, the stations and uh, what a great great opportunity for me to talk about food and wine and talking about food and wine this coming Thursday at 6.30 Molly, we're going to have this wonderful wine pairing with a prisoner wine. Prisoner is a wonderful great wine from California and as you know uh, I grew up making my own wine uh, from generation to generation but I always promote the American wines because some of my favorite, favorite wine in the world so uh, every month at Andre, we do a wonderful uh, four-course dinner 
uh, and four different wines. And uh, that we did coming Thursday, 6.30. And we have this wonderful eggplant crab cake, Andrea. We have this wonderful homemade Italian sausage pesto that somebody has a little spicy arrabbiata salt. There's another great uh, dish that I like to promote in, uh, in your book, too, next time. It's a very light tomato, basil sauce, no flour, no sugar, nothing. Very light, but very flavorful because it got the roast garlic and fresh basil and a little touch of pepper and chino cheese. Wonderful. But you can do with anything on top of grilled chicken breast. You can put on top of a nice, wonderful, very small, whatever you like to put in sauce. Really wonderful. But it's Italian sausage and the homemade fresh pasta. And then at the entree is going to be a choice of filet beef tenderloin Andrea with cognac sauce. Or the veal scallopini, white veal scallopini, pensia sauté with pizza yola sauce. And then the other one is a yellowfin tuna. That's another wonderful, light, healthy dish. That's a, a wonderful yellowfin tuna, lightly pensia sauté with the puttanesca sauce. Puttanesca sauce is a very classical sauce from the area I was born and raised. And I recommend very highly simple, elegant, very flavorful. It's got a little touch of a, a pepperoncino, a little touch of capers, black olive. And a little touch of anchovies in there with a little touch of fresh plum tomato, fresh oregano, a little touch of red wine, put on top of the yellowfin tuna. Absolutely, mamma mia. And then the dessert is going to be this time, of course, we have a lot of pumpkin. We do pumpkin tiramisu to pick me oh, up, wow. which one of my guests' favorite favorites. So this is going to be at this coming Thursday, Andrea, and we'll please. We'd love to invite our listener. Uh, we enjoy having you. Excellent. Molly, but this time here, too, I want to thank you so much for uh, having me talking to you. And uh, uh, this time here, please do not exit the book. You're all this party. We have five private rooms, lots of hampering, free parking, and we'd love to have you for any accommodation. This is Andrea. And for Molly, we say thank you. Thank you. Molte grazie, Molly. Have a wonderful evening. Ciao, grazie. Arrivederci a tutti. Ciao. Ciao. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you, Jeff. All right. Well, that was a nice little treat. What? Yeah. So, um, yeah, his his dishes are gorgeous, and it was perfect timing because yeah, I'll be in there in two days, and they worked with this group that's having their luncheon to have. You know, it's it's never good if I'm going in to talk nutrition and then they're eating like. Fried chicken sandwiches for yeah, lunch, like yeah. Parmesan, or right? Something like that. Yeah. You know, and it's like kind of undermines what you're doing. So it's really cool when the people who are coordinating the the speaker or, or me to come in and speak also work with whoever's hosting the food to to kind of pull it all together. So definitely appreciate that of Andreas to work with us on that. Um, so I felt my stomach start to growl as he was talking about all of his. Um, specialties that are going to be Thursday night and a lot of the ones that he was talking about were were really light fare you know with the, the seared tuna as well and when we're talking ingredients ingredients in general and then kind of how to make over our favorite recipes you and I have talked about this before it's something that it's almost what Eat Fit is about it's like right. how can we take things that are our core favorites but then um, you know Pull some of the things, the things that with Eat Fit criteria, you know, it's we cut out white starches. So if it's got white refined flours or um, white pastas, white rice, white starches. And you asked earlier about tapioca starch. And we have a few things that have just a trace amount of it in it, maybe like if it's in a, a gluten gluten free bakery item, but for the most part we don't. Sodium is lower, but not no sodium. And then sugars. So pulling these things out and the animal fats, maybe still some, but more of an emphasis on plant fats. But then as a chef, that challenge is to you of okay, how do we look at these things that you're plating up and kind of rework it? 
Um, yeah, that's a good question. So actually, at the airport, the uh, Eat Fit dish there is a. Uh, it's based on our shrimp remoulade that we do at the restaurant, but it's a. I made a, a remoulade vinaigrette, so I, I took out the egg and the mayonnaise, and I put you know less oil, and I use more vinegar. We use cane vinegar, and we use uh, whole Trinity horseradish paprika, you know, to give it nice color, and that's with uh, boiled shrimp and fresh tomatoes. It's a really simple and delicious dish, and. And that sauce would actually be good with anything, whether it's fish or chicken, you know. And so rethinking things. And what I think is, like, a lot of times the habit is to add a heavy hand of salt, for example. But then if you pull that back and you're adding citrus, lemon, you know, the, the spices, there's um, the vinegar. There's other ways that we can kind of have, like, that bite or that feel that maybe we're not cutting the salt out entirely, but able to dial it back while still right. getting... I mean, even just using fresh herbs, like, you know, having fresh basil grow in your garden, which is really easy to do, is helps out a lot. I mean, you can add that to a lot of dishes and, you know, cut out salt, like you said, and fat. and Or even, you know, substituting croutons in a salad, you can use maybe some toasted almonds or, you know, some, some type of seeds or nuts to get that, you know, texture that you like without all the, you know, white processed carbs. Or even doing things like matchstick green apples. Oh, yeah, which yeah. we do at the restaurant right now in our uh, Hardy Garden Green Salad, which has a bunch of kale and a, uh, a honey Dijon vinaigrette, you know, honey that we get from our bees and, uh, you know, toasted pecans and blue cheese on it, which I don't know if that's okay with Eat Fit, but, you know. The amount that y'all put is not crazy. Yeah, it's minimal. Yeah, it's just it's, a little garnish on top. Exactly, yeah. and I think that's the thing, too, is, you know, when we were talking about Eat Fit, it isn't that it's no animal fats or something like that, but Using those quality ingredients, like a really good strong blue cheese, for example, you don't need three ounces on a salad. You can go with just a light crumble of it. You get right. so much impact. And then, you know, we don't have to have the white croutons because the idea is just something that gives a crunch and that different texture. So y'all use the matchstick um, green apples mm -hmm. or, like you said, nuts or other things. Right. Or I even like um, jicama is not easy Jicama, I see it usually already peeled and kind of in spheres right. for us at a place like Whole Foods. But even something like that in a salad can add add that texture. Um, but it is, just, so it's just, look. I think the quality of ingredients, like when we start with the really pure, strong, good quality ingredients, you don't need as much of it for that flavor. Right. And using Whole Foods are going to be, like you said, high quality. They're going to taste that much better. We yeah. did. Um, we traveled this past summer, and we were lucky enough to go to Parma, Italy, oh, wow. where. And my husband was like, "Are we really going to choose the town we're going to because of Parma ham and Parmigiano Reggiano mm -hmm. cheese?" I was like, "And balsamic vinegar, absolutely! Like we're going to go to this place because of the cheese." But we learned the Parmigiano Reggiano, the specific qualifications it has to be for something to be called that, um, is very rigorous. And when we got back, we had taken in some cooking classes there, and we wanted to recreate some of the dishes when we got back. And we bought, at first, what we looked like, Parmesan cheese, fresh ground in the little tub in the right. nice cheese section. And then we noticed right next to it was the Parmigiano Reggiano. The price point was double. <laughs> so we actually brought, bought both, and we brought it home and did a taste test. It was so vastly different that the stuff that was just the Parmesan, it tasted like it was the craft in the can. Oh, yeah. And then the Parmigiano Reggiano, it was so rich, so flavorful, and it was like, wow, you got so much more impact from that, and you didn't need to use as much. Right. And what, with that kind of cheese, I like to use a microplaner, and that really stretches it out, and you know, garnish things with it right at the end. And So it's almost like a like thin little chip of, oh, like yeah. a shaved uh -huh. chip of it. Yeah. So I think um, that would be a key. 
The what are some of the other things? I think you know as as we look at traditional um, recipe swaps that people do. Pasta is an easy one because you know people think spiralized zucchini or or really spiralized any veg or like um, the bonza has chickpea pasta. Right. Um, you know, there's all different types of pasta alternatives there. And then rice, it's easy to do the cauliflower rice. What are some other things that you kind of do to take the place of those types of ingredients? Um, even things like julianning, uh, you know, onions and bell pepper and grilling them, something like that could kind of substitute for pasta or adding a bunch of leafy greens, which it's not necessarily the same texture, but it gives you the volume you're looking for in the dish. And and a lot of times yeah. that's it. It's just like if, if you got the sauce that you like, like say it's a shrimp creole over rice, the sauce is really the exciting part. Right. I do have some people that say the rice for them is the exciting part, that they really just – but if you did whatever your sauce is and you put it over the cauliflower rice or, like you said, a bunch of just diced veg, you're mm-hmm. still getting that flavor um, but not having it. Um, bonza, which has that chickpea pasta I mentioned, right. it's um, – it's not super low calorie, but it's about triple the um, fiber of even whole wheat pasta and like a ton of protein. But Bonza has actually created a rice substitute oh, wow. also. Mm-hmm. So they now have like a chickpea rice. Um, but the rice cauliflower, you can get frozen, you can get fresh, or you can like grate your own. Yeah, and it's easy to do in a food processor at home if you cut them up into small enough pieces. That works well. And then also. you don't even really have to steam it. If you're putting a hot sauce over it. Right. You, and Yeah, you really don't have to cook it. And otherwise you might end up, no, if you wanted to steam it and like puree it and make like a coarse type grit replacer or potato, you could. What about things like, um, still kind of on the notion of vegetables, but like purees. A lot of times in restaurants, I feel like there's like, there's a skill because it's like spooned on with the back of the spoon and it kind of (laughs) is that, that pretty swoosh on the plate of color. But you could use, I would think, like the carrot puree, beet puree, things like that. Yeah, and I mean, uh, in the restaurant, a lot of times we'll use heavy cream, but you don't necessarily have to do that to achieve the same texture. I mean, you can use water and, you know, try and cook it in the just enough water to where you don't have to drain it from the water. And, you know, you're keeping all the nutrients in the water from boiling it and, and pureeing it after that, which helps in adding things like, you know, this time of year, star anise and cinnamon and cardamom to whether it's carrot or butternut squash puree, it really helps out a lot. So just the carrot is not going to be super flavorful, but adding some of those other herbs adds adds that layer of interest that you guys in the restaurant are thinking, but then when at home we might not, and it kind of adds that little special touch. Or even, you know, curry powder and maybe even using coconut milk instead of heavy cream. That's what I was going to say. Instead of the heavy cream, I think coconut milk is. Is there a skill for that smear that's on the back? You know what I'm talking. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. It's yeah, like, when you use a spoon and do the little swoosh. Do you get yeah. the the sauce on the back of the spoon and do that? Uh, no, d- you put it in the spoon first and put a little, you know, dab on the plate and then smear it with the back of the spoon. And I mean, you can use other things besides spoons, like little spatulas or, you know, whatever shape you want. I think we're all going to be trying that. We're going to like have <laughs> something pureed, even if we don't even think it tastes good, but just trying that little like that professional restaurant and, swoosh. And more than just, you know, the looks, it actually helps you build the dish. You know, it's the foundation that you can build on top of. And when servers are carrying it out to the dining room, you know, that your food is not moving all over the plate. And- well, on the Cartwright filet that you have um, that we were talking about earlier, on the plate you have a demi-glace mm-hmm. and you have um, – the mushrooms and some wilted spinach that are kind of layered and then the steak is kind of perched on top of that 
Emily, who we were just talking about, who was the photographer for this uh, project, she's vegan. Okay. She could not stop talking about y'all's Cartwright filet. (laughs) I'm not kidding. She's like, and she's like an intense, like, she's like passionately vegan. And she's like, we, like, she could not stop talking about it. She's like, I think it almost put her over the edge to try to eat. All right. So coming back, we will take y'all's calls if you have any about um, ingredient swaps. And then we'll kind of run through what to do for flour, butter, salt, sugar swaps. And you are at 105.3 FM HD2 WWL, where we talk food and today a bit of nutrition and cooking with you. 504-260-6368. All right, so we are back. Molly Kimball here um, on this side of the desk today, um, guest hosting for Tom Fitzmorris on the food show. So you are in the right spot, but we're talking a little bit still food, but also a little bit nutrition. I am here with Chef Baker Guevara of Yield Collagen. Uh, We've been talking about Yield Collagen, which is, of course, at the new airport with a whole bunch of other restaurants there that have Eat Fit on the menu. Yield Collagen, Mofo, Mondo, Midway Pizza, Leah's Kitchen, even Bricados, City Greens, Cure, Bar Sazerac, Emerald's Table, Fultz Market, and PJ's Coffee. So lots of different options if you're at the new airport where we're helping you. If you want to make that healthy choice, we're trying to make it easy to know exactly what it is. You'll see the Eat Fit seal on those menus. So super excited about that. Baker is also a huge contributor to our Eat Fit Cookbook. You can see um, retailers at eatfitcookbook.com. It's about 125 recipes that we've compiled from about 40 different restaurants. Five of those are Baker's recipes from Yule Collagen. Um, gorgeous photos in there. Um, we were just talking about Emily, who had worked with me on this cookbook, who uh, a testament to her. And other photographers who uh, helped us out as well are Teddy Taylor and Sonia Savio. So a huge um, collective effort on that. So a thank you. And uh, Baker and I are talking recipe swaps and ingredient swaps, but our producer just gave us a heads up that we actually have breaking news in the food world here in New Orleans. I'm so excited to be able to announce breaking news. But um, Pascal's Manali was just purchased by Ray Brandt, and we know we may know Ray Brandt as a car dealer here in New Orleans. But I also know him as he is very philanthropic. Um, I'm the president of the American Heart Association here in New Orleans of our local board here. And he is um, incredibly involved, very generous, very philanthropic um, with Heart Association and so many other organizations. And Baker had a, a, a comment that, you know, Pascal's Manali is, is kind of one of those institutions of New Orleans. Yeah, very important, you know. And so, um, you know, having someone who, who's interested in hoping to, to preserve that and, and help to continue to give to the community by keeping it true. Yeah, and I used to go there almost every Monday for a oyster happy hour, and they have the greatest oyster bar there. There's, there's actually indentations where it's been, you know, worn down from the years of people standing around there. So pretty cool. Yeah, so thank you, Ray, for keeping it there for us. Um, all right, so the ingredient swaps, um, the ones that, you know, I think a lot of our restaurants struggle with the most, or it's the challenge when we first are introducing Eat Fit to our restaurants, um, and Baker, I'm, you know, I'm sure you remember, but when we're first, the very first time we're working with a restaurant, it not, it's not painful, but there's a, there's a learning curve because right. sometimes what a chef may think is, is nutritious 
isn't. And so there's the gentle education on our part where we try to say, well, no, that, that sounds good, yes, but maybe more like this or whatever. <laughs> but butter, salt, and fat are probably the – butter, salt, and sugar, I should say, you know, are the main things that – kind of go into it and make cooking easy. So when we're looking at, okay, how do we dial those back? You were saying earlier with salt, like fresh herbs. Right, yeah, vinegars, citrus juices, uh, that kind of thing. Then there's, you know, so squeezing a little lemon, a lime. You know, we have um, a ton of fresh satsumas we got from the farmer's market, and we've been just squeezing that over the fresh fish. And it's... Yeah, it sounds delicious. Yeah, and we have so many of them. We've been doing that instead of lemon or lime. Um, so salt is, you know, one that you can also gradually train your taste buds to be less acclimated to such salty. And so if a recipe calls for, you know, say a teaspoon, then start to use three quarters and then half. And you can kind of gradually get to where you're tasting the flavors of the food more without so much salt. But salt is inherently not a bad thing, and we do need some salt. And a lot of times what we'll end up doing with the restaurants is just we're still keeping salt in there. It's just a lighter hand on it. And a lot of the, the sodium that might be naturally from our seafood and stuff like that. But the other one, um, salt is a big one. Butter is a big one. And so oils, olive oil is an easy switch. Yeah, we do use a lot of olive oil, um, which, you know, is just, I like olive oil just as much as butter. And it's a lot, you know, it's a little lighter after you eat it, you feel not so weighed down. In in baking, um, the butter substitute that I'll often do in baking, and Baker and I talked kind of during the commercial break that I don't feel like I'm stepping on his toes on this because he doesn't do, in, in spite of Baker being your name, Baker right. doesn't Baker doesn't do a lot of the baking part. But on um, butter in baked goods, so if you're if you're doing a baked good recipe, just the easy swap there is coconut oil because it's solid at room temp. So there's some things, certain things that you do need that solid texture of butter. But we want more plant-based fats. And so butter, you can substitute cup for cup using coconut oil in your bakery items. Um, Also, Baker, we've used beans in baked goods. Like a bean flour or a paste or what? No, like just beans, like cooked like red beans, black beans, white beans. The key is to match the color of what you're baking to your beans, of course. (laughs) So you're not using like black beans and like a sugar cookie type thing. (laughs) But... um, the black beans will puree and use those in brownies, for example. But I've used Blue Runner red beans pureed and made like red velvet cupcakes, red velvet cake. Oh. Yeah, it's crazy. Interesting. So wow. the beans are pretty much they're being used um, in place of some of the fats, but also in place of some of the flour. And so when you're using beans, you can use it basically um, as a replacement for fats using cooked beans and you puree them. And you would use that in place of oil and again, matching the color to the finished product, but not, it's one of those things, if you didn't tell people you had beans in, right. you would have no idea. Huh. Um, avocado, Greek yogurt, those are things too that we can still add texture, add um, to sauces and things that might be instead of just butter or shortening we can use. Um, sugar is a big one. I feel like um, you mentioned earlier some of the herbs and spices that we use, like cinnamon and things. Um, that's a way to adding cinnamon or extracts like almond extract. Mm-hmm. We can have a f- uh, almost the sense of sweetness, right. but without sugar. Yeah. Do you add a lot of sugar in cooking, like not baking, but um, not normally? I mean, maybe for one of the sauces, we'll have a sweet sauce like a, right now. We're, but we're using a honey sauce right now for our entree special. So, 
I mean, it's not as bad as white sugar. Exactly, right. And uh, we'll use cane syrup a lot of times for sauces. And I would think, too, like if you're doing like nuts, like candied nuts that mm -hmm. are going to go into a salad or something like that, um, the sweetener that we use almost almost exclusively, and it's the main sweetener that we use in the cookbook, is Swerve. And if you haven't tried it, it's available nationally. It's available through Canada. It's, it's all over from stores from like Target to Walmart to Costco. But they're based out of New Orleans, and so that's a really cool thing. And um, I don't know if I've told you this, Baker, but like the Swerve um, team here, mm -hmm. they're super encouraging and supportive of what we do with Eat Fit, and they'll work with restaurants and they'll bring sample of they have confectioner style, brown sugar style, and regular granular style, and they'll work with restaurants and give samples so that the restaurants can try and experiment with it. Because I mean, yeah. you guys are—it's different. It's not something that. And I've had I've had a sample of it, and it's a great product. It really is. I haven't incorporated it into our menu, but I'm right. I'm open to it. Yes. Know? Okay. So swerve if y'all are listening. If not, I'll text you when we're done. <laughs> Let's get some of it over to to Chef Baker. But that's been a cool thing because they're. A lot of times chefs are like, you know, I don't want to take either, you know, spend the money on bringing that product in if I'm not sure I'm going to like it. So it's nice that they can kind of give that the, the product to sample out, see, and they can also give recipe guidance. But the cool thing about Swerve is that it measures cup for cup exactly like sugar, and it bakes and caramelizes like sugar. Yeah, I noticed it was, it looked, you know, basically just like sugar. It was yeah. Pretty impressive, actually. So if you're taking the time to do things like black bean brownies or red velvet cupcakes, okay, don't make them and add a bunch of sugar. Like you, That's step one. And then step two would be using our natural plant-based sweeteners or things like that. Um, what are the things, like if you're doing like breading for something, like if you're doing like a breading for, say, chicken or something like that, other options? Um, I mean, I've done, um, I've done almond flour before. Do you need uh, to put anything in that coating or put anything on the chicken first? I mean, you would do something like an egg wash, but you could do egg whites with water if you wanted to, to kind of thin out the egg whites some, and that would work out well, too. So you'd do an egg wash with either egg and milk or just egg white, mm -hmm. and yeah. then dip it in? Yeah, dip the chicken in there first, and you can, you know, pre-season the piece of meat, and then just go directly, you know, egg wash into the almond flour. And your, that was what I was going to ask, too. Do you put any seasoning in the almond flour? You can. Uh, sometimes that'll, uh, you know, shorten the life of the oil you're cooking in. But if you season the actual piece of protein before you bread it, uh, that works well also. Do you think that you could do that and just, like, pan sear it or bake it as opposed to deep frying it? Yeah, it would definitely work well, pan seared and baking also. Okay. Because almond flour, the the other nice thing about some of these ingredient swaps that we're talking about, if you're using those pureed beans and a, a black bean, for example, instead of flour, or instead of just traditional like um, white flour that you're breading a protein in to deep fry, if you use almond flour and then you pan fry, not only is it more nutritious, we don't have the white flours and we have things that are given us like almond flour or the beans have more fiber, more protein, but it's also conscientious if you have people coming over who do have to watch gluten or they right. have other nutritional concerns, it kind of makes it easy for them to have these. Yeah, and if even if you, you know, they don't have any dietary restrictions, if you don't tell them what you're using, they probably wouldn't even know the difference, right. to be honest with you, because it's going to look nice and golden brown and it'll be crunchy. Exactly, so. exactly. And I think that's huge. If, okay, so with Thanksgiving especially coming up, talking about this, if you're going to try recipe 
substitutions. We have a ton of recipes, hundreds of recipes on our Eat Fit smartphone app. I didn't mention the app yet, actually. We have hundreds of recipes on our Eat Fit smartphone app that can guide you. Um, we also, uh, as we said, have our Eat Fit cookbook that has a lot of dishes that are great side dishes and all for holidays, great desserts for holidays. But if you're going to try your favorite recipe and you're going to make ingredient swaps, whether it's these flour substitutes, almond flour, coconut flour instead of white flour, the swerve, or you're going to use coconut oil instead of butter, if you're going to make any of these, try it out first. Don't make your first round of testing when you have a house full of people coming, but test it out first And um, because a lot of times there might be a, a little bit of modification to make. But using tried and true recipes like those on our app, those in our cookbook, the app is the Eat Fit app. And we also list all of our restaurants on there. So um, if you are wherever you are, you can pull up what restaurants are around you. So say, for example, you're by Yield College Inn. It'll show up on there. You click on there, and you can see the dishes that they offer that are Eat Fit at Yield College Inn. When you click on the dish, you can then see the nutrition facts of that dish. And that feature of all those restaurants featured in our app is something that we have as part of what we do for Eat Fit. And that's part of being an Eat Fit partner with our restaurants, our markets. When we work with festivals, um, we do that for the festivals as well. And so a lot of ways to kind of provide that gentle guidance when someone makes, wants to make that healthy choice. Um, and again, it's expanded beyond New Orleans to Baton Rouge, Shreveport, et cetera. So wherever you are in the state, we're trying to get you covered. Um, Baker, are there any recipes that you think just are almost impossible to make healthier? Well, that's a tough one. Um, hmm. Maybe a chicken fried steak po' boy at the <laughs> restaurant would be hard to make healthier, you know, because you have to have the Leidenheimer bread. And But, I mean, something like a burger is easy to do a yeah, lettuce wrap, which totally. I enjoy just as much. Okay, Baker. You know. Seriously, I love Leidenheimer. They're local. Yes, we love them. Sandy it's Juan like the is best great. Bread ever. Yeah. And I love their family. They're fantastic. They don't have a whole grain bread, but they're not the only bread maker in the city. Baker's like, well, Leidenheimer doesn't have a whole grain bread, <laughs> no. so where do we start? <laughs> well, I know they make uh, Susan Spicer yeah. has wildflower bread, but. I know. I wish that they had those that are 100% whole grain. But they're not 100%. That one no. isn't either. But, you know, we've actually worked with La Louisiane locally, right. and they have a seven-grain bread that they've actually created that's an eat-fit-approved bread. Oh, wow. And then Cortosa Bakery out in Kenner, they okay. have a nine-grain and 100% whole wheat. And both of those, La Louisiana and Cortoza, will do things that can be po' boy style, muffalata, little sliders. Um, Phil, you know, formerly of Phil's right. Grill, he's now with New Orleans Fish House, but he actually kind of, quote, discovered the whole grain option at Cortoza. But it's one that, yeah, between, we had, so that some of them are dense and grainy, some are more seedy, some are more light and fluffy, but between Cortoza's and La Louisiana, we got in Belgarde, of course. Belgarde oh, has right. more of like the crusty type breads. I always say kind of like the fancier breads, not as much like a po' boy style. But um, there's well, it's, options. It's, uh, <laughs> there's people who come to the restaurant, they'll order a po' boy, and they'll just say no bread. Yeah. And they'll still yeah. have the lettuce Simple. and tomato. And, exactly. You know, we can bread it in corn flour and be gluten free. And so this has been um, a blast. I am super grateful for Tom for asking me to guest host and try to even start to fill his shoes. I really appreciate it. So you've been listening to me. I'm registered dietitian Molly Kimball with Oshner, Oshner Fitness Center, and Eat Fit. And in this 4 to 5 o'clock hour, I've had Chef Baker Guevara of Yule College Inn and a huge thank you to T. Martin of Commander's Palace and so much else before. So I've really enjoyed my time, and thanks for listening, y'all. Thanks, Molly.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.